We're live. Episode number two, COVID. Now we have Basant. Welcome. Hello. Hello, hello. Uh, you are special to us. Uh, again, on uh, second uh, guest in a row, uh, you are a close friend and uh, sister of our friend Abe, actually, who's uh, not here in the studio recording, probably playing video games or something. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, <he's> <laughs> like him. <laughs> Sounds like him. Yeah, that's him. So why don't you give yourself like a little bit of an introduction? Um, my name is Basento Feet. Um, I am an educator. I have a certification for K through eight. My specialty is middle school mathematics, though. I graduated from NJCU from the education department. Um, and that's pretty much it. That's awesome. Now, you do teach seventh grade, correct? Yes, this year I teach seventh grade. Now, what, I, I guess this is the question that we always have to ask to a teacher because I feel like it's extremely, extremely hard to be a teacher nowadays because there aren't that many incentives. I feel like our teachers aren't treated the way that they should be. What got you to a point where you're like, okay, I am going to choose this underappreciated career path and become a teacher? So as every typical Egyptian, I, wanted, I started off like wanting to be like a pharmacist. Or a doctor, right. or an engineer. <laughs> yeah. And beginning, it was a lawyer, and then I wanted to become <laughs> pharmacist. I went to, I had chemistry in high school, and I hated it. I was mm. like, I'm not going to do pharmacy. And I've always loved, like, children. I've always loved dealing with children. And in church, I was always in Nedi and Bible study and all that. And eventually, I ended up running the summer camp and, and being the director. And it, it just became, like, a passion. It's just, I like the... A lot of pe people are like, oh, do you love mathematics that you teach math? I like the teaching the students more and interacting with them more than the actual teaching math part. So I think that's why I became a teacher. It's, I want to see the change in the, in the children. I tell them all the time, I'm like, you don't have to remember who I am. Mm -hmm. Just become a better person. That's how I introduce my class every year. You're going to learn math regardless. Your goal is not to learn math in my class. Your goal is to learn something about yourself that you want to change and become a better person as you leave. So you get a satisfaction in seeing the progression students make. They first start off the year with you. Maybe their math skills aren't great. And I'm sure that it goes beyond math. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, you're seeing these kids' personalities. You're seeing their character being built up. And you're getting a satisfaction yeah. from seeing that progression. That's, I think that's what makes a, a real teacher. So you definitely <laughs> chose the career for the right reasons. Now, Larry and I wanted to bring on a teacher because for those who are uh, tuning in, um, our first season, so to say, or the series of episodes are focused around COVID. Mm -hmm. Now, teaching in retrospect has been greatly affected uh, by COVID. And Larry and I kind of wanted to understand that because there's this debate going on in the nation. A lot of parents are angry that there's, uh, their kids aren't going to, to school. A lot of, uh, you know, uh, the other half thinks, okay, well, this is the way that we have to combat the pandemic and keep things under control. From a general aspect, and we're going to kind of get deeper into this, but from the receiving end as a hmm. teacher, what has this debate been like to you? What What's going on? What are your thoughts? Um, so I finish, I technically finish with the students at like 112. And I know the students miss school, even if they say like, oh no, I like finishing at 112 and like chilling the rest of the, the day or playing video games or whatever it is that they do. But... I know that they miss the interactions in the classroom. I miss the interactions. I miss interacting with my students. It's very difficult online because for our district, uh, cameras are not mandatory. Mm. And we don't have to um, 
we don't have to force them to turn it on. I tell them, okay, I just want to see your faces during the lesson, and when you're doing independent work, you, you can just go ahead and turn off your cameras. And sometimes I turn off my camera so that they can see that, you know, like there's a time to turn it on and time to turn it off. But to be honest, it's, I don't know. I, I miss the classroom, and at the same time, it might seem a little easier for some teachers because they're not putting as much effort. But ag again, that's according to the teacher. Like for me, I'm, I'm, I, could, I finished working today at like technically five. Mm. Upstairs. Upstairs, right? Because yeah. I live there. But, um, but I finished work at five when I technically leave my students at 1.12 and I answer emails to like three. Two hours over my, my three o'clock. And I'm online, COVID. Like, typically, same thing I would do in a classroom when I don't have COVID. But the only issue is here is it's different. I can't do the fun interactive activities where I have the visuals and I have the kinesthetic learning and all that. It's, it's hard. You have to come up with new ways. And I think that's why it's harder for us this year. And I feel like leaving it halfway, like leaving the school halfway last year helped a bit too because it introduced us to this year. Now imagine if we had to start from fresh this year, it would have been the same craziness and hassle we did last year. It prepared you. Yeah. So what are, you what are you better prepared to do now for the next upcoming, like let's say it, it's all COVID again with the next season, right, of school. Mm -hmm. What are you better prepared for? What, like, what, you, what did you learn from the past year and would you rather do now for the next year? So right now I'm learning how to have the students work together in groups mm -hmm. because it's very difficult online, especially that we're using Google Meet and we're not allowed to use Zoom. Mm -hmm. So they don't have the... They don't have the way of communicating. Like on Zoom, you have that private messaging. Mm -hmm. While um, you have in Google Meet, it's just one big group message. And for them communicating, like we started finding things out that we can use to have them um, work together. But I feel like after we get that down in my class, I think we'll be set for next year. I feel like next year, it's just now, how can I make them work harder and strive more? Can, how can I challenge them more instead of using my resources? Because right now I think it's how to use the resources to make it feel like almost like a normal classroom. I see. Now, how are the kids, like are they, with the cameras off and everything, how do you, how do you make sure that there is that participation when you're teaching? So I always start the class with asking them like, hi, I love you guys, how are you? And I expect them to like respond to me, chat, and then I'm like, awesome, no one's responding to me. And I'll do that whole thing where I'm like, I'm talking to myself, and then they go ahead and they laugh, and they'll laugh, like they'll put LOL in the chat. They won't say hi, <laughs> but they'll put LOL in the chat, all right? And like normal teachers would be like, don't say LOL, use the correct, I don't, I don't do that. Just, so you're more Go, chill, yeah. Yeah, I, technically, I'm like the chill teacher, whatever. Okay. But um, I do ask them to participate. Hmm. Um, for math, I always have a problem. And we do the few, the first few together. And then I go like, okay, a keyword is going to be, and then I'm, I get stuck, and I'm like, what theme do you guys want to go with? And like soon when it was like Thanksgiving, they were like, let's do a Thanksgiving theme. And I'm like... Thanksgiving, you guys know what's gonna what what that what's that's gonna lead me to? They're like, well, I'm like Black Friday shopping, guys. It's not gonna bring me to food. It's gonna bring me to Black Friday shopping, 
And then sometimes they'll say like, oh, let's do um, candy bars or whatever. I ask them a theme, anything that will have them enjoy it more. And I'm like, okay, keyword is going to be Starbucks. They're like, why Starbucks, Miss T? And I'm like, oh, my brother just gave me Starbucks today. Hmm. And they're like, oh, I want Starbucks. I'm like, okay, we'll talk about your Starbucks faves after we finish the lesson. And I asked them the question. I'm like, when you hear the keyword Starbucks, you're going to click enter and you're going to tell me your answer in the chat. And don't forget, participation will get you points. Um, if you, if it's points needed, if you need it, like if you're failing, if you need that extra points to get you on honor or whatever, it's there. It's participation. Who knows? Maybe I'll give you a free hundred today. And they're like, okay. And it amazes me because in the beginning it wasn't that effective. And I guess as they started to know me and mm -hmm. see that I like when they get the wrong answer, I'm not like, oh, Mina, you got the wrong answer or Larry, you got the wrong answer. You, wh how did you get that? I don't embarrass them that way. I usually say like, oh, like Mina, you got the right answer. Tell me how you did it. So that way, when someone who got the wrong answer, I'm like, okay, for those who gave me a different answer, mm -hmm. do you get it now or do you want me to do it? And then they're like, oh, do it. Or sometimes they'll even talk to each other. They'll for, like, instead of me repeating directions, they'll say, oh, um, I want you, Miss T said to do this. And I'm like, oh, thank you guys. Thank you. I love having my little helpers with me. And I like to compliment them because when they're complimented, they feel like they can give more to the class. Do you feel like they're more shy to respond on an online format than a in-person? I feel like when there's not that peer pressure of everyone looking at you, when you're in the room is different than when you're saying something like online. I or do you feel like it's the complete opposite? It could go both ways. I think they're just shy. Hmm. I think the issue with just the math subject is you don't want to get the answer wrong. I think that's that's also Yeah, like, I'm trying to get an understanding of like the behaviors. How are they changing online and in person? Online it's easier than the classroom because <laughs> I could like mute them. <laughs> I need to mute them. But they're very good. Um, I don't have any troublemakers. I have more kids of like that are lazy if anything, because they're at home, which is probably the main issue we have. Mm. Students are just more lazier because they're in their own beds. They're at home. They're comfortable. While in the classroom, I can like walk around and go like when they're not paying attention instead of embarrassing them in front of everyone. Yeah. But sometimes I have to call out on them. We have something called Go Guardian that we use where we can monitor their screens mm. only if they're using the school issued computer. Mm. But if they're not, I can't see their screen. So I think they're fine when it comes to responding. But again, I don't know. I, I Because I can't see their faces. Some yeah. classes will put their cameras on and I'm like, okay, I know why they're not doing it because I can see their facial expression. They, yeah. they don't get it. They're scared. But sometimes like if they if I call on them and I'm like, oh, Mina, go ahead. And Mina's silent. I'm not going to be like, Mina, you have to answer. And be like, okay, Larry, how about you? Can you tell me the answer? Mm. Okay, I see. Now you were mentioning the troublemakers. How do you discipline? <laughs> I don't. Ha I don't have any. Oh my I don't god! There's no more detention. There's no more detention. <laughs> that cone. What's what's virtual detention? <laughs> that whole cone in your head in the corner. That's, Vir that's virtual not a thing vir virtual detention. I don't. Th that doesn't exist. This is what I do. All right. So you guys work on this for five seconds. I'm gonna mute myself and call a parent. And they're like. I'm like, yeah, are, are you working? Are you going to be the next person, I, next person I have to call home for? And they're like, Oh, so working. you just go for the jugular right there. And, <laughs> well, that's the only thing we got. We can't do anything else. Yeah. 
We can't. Has has parents actually sat on sat on the calls with the kids sometimes? Have you ever seen parents like be on the Zoom like not the Zoom in call? In the background, the but not like right there. Like sometimes they'll be passing in the back. Sometimes a student will be there and all you hear is like some father or mom talking in the back and like I'm like, answer this question for me. <laughs> and you hear them like talking in the back or yelling, like, Did you see what she did? Like All right, good job. That was the answer. Mute. <laughs> so that actually brings up a good point, both of you. Um this is going to be a little bit of a loaded question, but one, have you received any type of feedback from parents and whether it was negative or positive? And two, sometimes a, a, a child going to school, it's their escape from home. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's some issues going on at home. Um, have you seen an influx of students maybe reaching out that home is a toxic place or a place that they can't be at of course them being home poses a lot of issues i know uh lunch for instance is an issue because there are those who can't afford it uh who go to school and they get free lunch um what what what's your perspective or what have you seen based on that that perspective teachers uh interactions with parents and the feedback they received so we did have a back to school night and i did receive something positive where like a teacher she couldn't, I mean, a parent couldn't mute, unmute herself. And she put in the message, like, thank you guys so much. And then she's like, Miss Tofik, my daughter loves math now because of you. And like, it just makes me feel better. Mm -hmm. And I tell, I tell my students all the time, I'm like, I'm not here for you to like me. It, it's, that's not my job. I'm here to educate you. And if you like me in the process, awesome. And I tell them in the beginning of the year, I'm like, if you annoy me, I'm going to annoy you. It's, it's a two-way streak. If you want certain privileges or if you are going to be an awesome class and you decide like, Miss Tofik, we need more time on this assignment and it's as a unity and you guys have been awesome, great. I'm going to take your consideration. I'm going to take what you said into consideration and be like, yeah, sure, why not? But then you do have the parents that are just annoying all the time. Like, why does my daughter have an incomplete? I'm like, well, she didn't do the assignment. Well, can she do it tonight? I'm like. I emailed you three times. I tried to call once or twice, and I left a, like a voicemail to tell you she needs to complete this, and I said there was a deadline. And like you have those annoying parents. It's like, oh, I didn't get anything. Well, you're emailing me on the same email I emailed you. Like, what are you, what are you saying? You know what I mean? You have those type of people. But I try to make sure there's always communication. Like today I sent out an email saying, Here's a list of assignments students need to make up by the, by the 14th. If it passes the 14th, any dates, any assignments on this list cannot be made up. And I put a reason for why I'm doing that. I'm like every two, two to three weeks, I'm going to send a massive email to parents again if assignments students can make up so that students can stay organized. Something that I've noticed is that when you get some negative feedback from parents, it's because the kid themselves, are, they're not organized. And they take all of the homework from all the subjects and they see it in front of them. They don't have notebooks. Some of them don't even have notebooks. They just sit there in class. They just, some of them don't even sit there in class because you don't even know because the camera's off. Um, but they're overwhelmed because it's all mine. Are they not required to keep their cameras on? No. So how do you tell? Uh, I guess this is an attendance thing so where you would I, be able I to tell who actually is. I tell them, I'm like, if I call on you and I get no response, I'm going to assume you're not there and I'm going to mark you out. Okay. If I don't see you participating, I'm going to call on you eventually to make sure that you're here. Mm -hmm. And if I see them working on... Go Guardian is a blessing. 
all right? Because GoGuardian is very helpful. I can open uh, screens for them. I can shut down tabs. I can make them only use certain tabs. Like, it allows me to do so much, but only if they're using the school-issued computer. Now, do all of them have school-issued computers? Yeah. What kind of computers are those? Chromebooks. Okay. Was that just, was that like a, did the school have to go through their budget or they, they were able to do some partnership? No, no, no. They've always had Chromebooks. Oh, Even okay. the teachers used to get Chromebooks. Like we used to get two computers, like the MacBooks and the Chromebooks. And, but I think because of COVID, they took the Chromebooks. I so guess, your infrastructure was ready for COVID. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've always had the Chromebooks. I feel like most districts have computers. Even the last district I worked in last year, they each student had a computer. And they went home with a computer. I think the only issue is like when they break down, they have to send it back and then pick up a new one. But they've been great so far. Well, my school. But I don't know how it's, how it is in every other school. Now, have you dealt with issues with infrastructure from the students end? Wi-Fi issues and yes. things like that. So how do you deal with that as a teacher? I have to work with it. I have to. Uh, I just tell them, talk to me and I'll accept it. But if I see that it's a pattern, I'm going to start not believing you. Hmm. So then... Because I told them, I'm, like, I'm straightforward with you guys. And they're like, okay. And it's amazing. Like, some of them will log off and they'll message me separately on GoGuardian. And they're like, Miss T, I'm sorry. My my Wi-Fi just, like, disconnected. Yeah. And I, I'm, com I'm coming back on now. I'm like, don't worry. Thank you for letting me know. Get back. Just continue working. You're fine. Sometimes a kid will know that I'm not going to believe him or her. And they'll have the parent email me. Hmm. And they're like, Mom. You gotta email her. She's not gonna believe me. Tell her that my computer like shut down or it's not working or something, which happened today actually. Mm -hmm. But it's good. It's good that they have that like feeling inside of them. What about like no Wi-Fi at all? Did any kids have like you know no? I think wi -Fi? the district has something set up for them where they can use a district Wi-Fi. Oh, so that's all set up for them essentially. Yeah. yeah so they're covered. Oh, that's. But that's it's really so slow. So it's starting to seem that the district did not leave any stone unturned because I I know that there are. Also, to the point that I said earlier about the school lunches, there are also programs that mm -hmm. for those who received free lunches, they would get them at home. Um, now, you're a math teacher, which is an incredibly important uh, subject. Like our country continues to rank pretty low among uh, first world countries in math. You, you do your own grading, correct? Yes. So do you see a decline or even a difference based on previous semesters or previous marking periods, I know you guys call them in middle school, um, of test grades uh -huh. uh, versus between uh, virtual and in-person? All right, so this is my first year's teaching seventh grade. I taught eighth grade the past three years. According to my students' grades, yes, they're amazing. Um, but again, if you look at where they come from at home and what they have here, like even the computers they take home are better than the computers at the other district. So it wouldn't be a fair comparison? No. Okay. It wouldn't. Maybe I'll be able to compare throughout the year, mm. looking at the marking period. So first marking period, second marking period, as the material gets harder to see if students are actually understanding. Because usually the first marking period is stuff that we review anyways. It's stuff that since seventh grade, stuff we they learned in sixth grade. Like right now they're doing equivalent ratios or I'm going over equivalent ratios when that's something that they learned in sixth grade. So why am I going over it now? To make sure they know it. So when I go ahead and introduce unit rates, they know how to do it. Now, is there a difference in, in the, the morale or motivation of the students? Do you feel like because they're home, 
because there seems to be a whole psychology between uh, setting and atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Me, myself, I'm sure Larry can add his own two cents. I cannot get any work done at home. Uh, that's why I have this place. <laughs> this is my productivity place. I go home, productivity is out of the window. Uh, have you seen maybe uh, a difference or, or kids that aren't at their full potential just because of atmosphere or setting? I think so. I know there are students that are smart. Like I have this kid who passes all of his tests and quizzes, but he's failing my class because he doesn't do assignments. So it's not like he doesn't understand the material. He's just lazy. There's there's something, there's a barrier. Yeah, it's because they're home. Mm. Most, some of these kids are because they're home. And as a matter of fact, a lot of them, their families were affected by COVID. Like I have a kid who had four deaths in the family. That's crazy. Yeah, and like another one who, she had like a grandparent pass away like a few weeks ago. And it affects them because you can see, and I'll email the parent, I'm like, it's odd that they're missing all of these assignments. Is everything okay? And then they'll explain to me, oh, yeah, like this was going on. And that's probably why that he or she is missing all these assignments. So, like, sometimes it's not just going to be because they're virtual. It's because of this virus, too. Hmm. Now, is that is that a, a – the standardized testing, there is for middle school, I believe. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, are, did they just postpone it or because of the situation? So, we received an email saying that we should be taking the, t the NJSLA this year. We already started taking one. It's like the Pearson Strong Pilot um, t uh, state test. Um, they actually had to take it for middle school, 7th and 8th grade. They took it yesterday and today. Um, but again, each district does it its own way. I don't know if other districts took it or not. But for this district, they told us they picked three teachers. I was one of the three to mm. start it off. And they're like, you guys are going to test it out. Tell us how you did it, how it worked out, so on and so forth. Usually there are like testing tickets you have to hand out to the students. You can't leave the testing tickets alone in the classroom. There's always someone with you in the class so they can watch the students while you run downstairs and give the testing tickets and sign off. Like it's so like, I don't know, overwhelming. Especially like if you're a new teacher, you don't want to mess up. And if you mess up, they're like, you could, they could take your t license away. Like they scare you. Mm. It's, but this one was very relaxed because they're like all of the items on this test are going to be stuff that they learned from last year. Even the questions are release items that you guys can study from. They're they're open for the public. So it wasn't like because usually state testing, I can't read the question. I'm not allowed to read the question. If they catch me reading the question, I can be in, in very big trouble. But. It was very lenient, and because we went by it, we did it whatever way we wanted. So, like, I used GoGuardian, and I had a Google Meet going. I told them, don't write anything in the chat in the Google Meet. It's only for me to make announcements. You can contact me through GoGuardian. And I'll tell them, like, I can't help you with the questions, so on and so forth. I was like, just read everything and try your best. That test was given because they wanted to see if students actually learned anything last year. If mm. having school online half the year hurt the students or not and that's why they gave them sixth grade questions instead of seventh grade questions now what if it did what if it did and like how are the schools thinking about preparing if the kids are actually not performing well on this online format i have no clue so do you I think like it'll be like a domino effect because i mean you're teaching core concepts these, these are mm -hmm. like you know middle school math is fundamental to the rest of these math courses they're going to take that's true so are they just going to have to play a catch-up game later? 
I'm not sure. I don't know if they're going to end up changing the curriculum because of this. I don't know if they're going to have extra classes because I know in high school they change it up all the time. In high school, like when I was in high school, I took two math classes in one in one year. Okay, but we're not sure. A lot of people are like, we told the students they want you to take this, be honest, do your best because this will help me and you. Why? Because if it didn't work last year, the way you were taught last year, then this will help us figure out what we can do to better your education. We're all hoping that we go back next year. So we'll we're, see. we're hoping to. <laughs> we're, we'll see. Now that test that was supposed to determine whether the kids actually learned anything, what did the res uh, results say? They just took it today. No. Oh, that test was today? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I guess we'll see if the kids actually uh, learned anything. I, yeah. I don't even know if we're going to get the scores. I don't know. It now... Obviously, kids being at home, they're able to communicate uh, with each other and, and tests and assignments and all these things. Have there been any instances of cheating? There probably. But none that you've Look, caught? My kids are very honest. Uh, all right. We, I don't. Like, they all they're say. very. Uh, no, I re I'm telling you, they're very honest. I'm I was like, a very honest student, too. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're like, Miss C, can I use my notes? How am I supposed to respond to that? No, that's that's pretty great. <laughs> I guess my our generation how, was different. How am I supposed to respond to that? Like I'm like, like clearly, if I can't see you because I'm not with you at home, if you use your notes, I can't see you, right? But I'm like, no, you can't use your notes. They're like, okay, they close their notebook and they put it away. <laughs> They're honest. I have honest students this year. There's probably some that cheated. And I know, and I tell them all the time, I'm like, cheating is not going to get you anywhere. You might ace the homework, but comes to the test. Like, I time them, and it's on Go Guardian. But again, they can be, they can have their phones on the side. We don't know. Because they don't have the webcams on. Exactly. Mm. Now, this transition back into the classroom. Are you worried? Are you, do you think it's going to, to be seamless? Do you know any, anything about how that process is going to go? Do you have an idea of when that would be? So I heard from others. I didn't see my classroom this year, okay? But um, I heard from other teachers that they have, like, pexi class around the teacher's desk, and they have it around students' desks. And I don't know if that's going to stay there next year, especially, like, they're saying this vaccine's out, and it's going to be better, and yada, yada, yada. Like, what if it does work? Do we still need the pexi class? Like, is it, if that's there, it's definitely going to be different. If I still have to teach with a mask on, I'm probably going to, like, die at the end of the day. All right, we already die when we have them like on during liturgy for just two to three hours. Mm. Now imagine having it on from like eight to three. Speaking, speaking of the vaccine, uh, I actually have a friend who runs a lab. And uh, I know there's a lot of talk about a vaccine coming out very, very soon. In fact, I think the governor of New Jersey, uh, Murphy, announced that we were getting our first shipment sometime this week, actually, or sometime in December, he announced mm -hmm. 133,000 samples and what we learned from our first episode with uh dr mina was that um there's going to be a prioritiz prioritization of vaccines that are administered so it seems that this plexiglass thing might be uh an, a reality because it's going to take a while i'm sure first responders are going to get the first amount of vaccines and even that 133,000 vaccines that's on 133,000 people because yeah. each vaccine is is two doses, uh, doses, uh, which divides everything by two. So in in the event that there is this plexiglass and there's still this new normal, where you have to readjust, mm -hmm. have you started to plan that? Have you started to think about that, or are you more of a 
let me let me handle the present for now type of person i am I, like so teaching online this year was a lot different than last year because i worked in two different completely different districts the district i used to work in they did everything for you where they gave you all the material and you just had to give it to the students while in this district i do everything myself that best for my students and i just go ahead and i teach it the way i want to as long as i hit the standards and i'm on the pacing guide so do you prefer that because okay. it does give you a little bit more yes, control because right? i can be more creative yeah but then now you're telling me that we're going to, what if we do this and have that pexiglass and we go back? I'm like, we're going to have to adjust. It's going to be hard. They did do, you, you guys, do you guys know that they did do like a stimulation where they had teachers um, go and act like the students in the summer? Oh, you mean a simulation? Oh, that's what I, oh, my bad, simulation. <laughs> no, it's okay, but explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you mean? That's it. So they had students, uh, they had teachers go act like students, and they went into the high school, and it was literally like nine desks per classroom. And they said it took them forever to get in, and it was only like 40, 40 teachers Why to get that? in. Because they were following protocol. It was before, it was before they decided we're going to be online the whole time. Because we were doing, we were gonna do a hybrid. So they were, were planning be on like, being okay. So this yeah. protocol was to prepare yourselves for hybrid. Yes. So being virtual and in class. Yes. So it they I think they did it to see how the students would react. Because if they have us trying to be like the students, and they said it didn't work, they went in. They had to keep telling the teachers like a hundred times, be six feet apart, be six feet apart. Like if the teachers can't do it, do you really think the students are gonna do it? And if it took them like almost an hour and a half to get 40 people in, how do you think it's going to be if to get in like 600 students? Yeah. It's going to be like the whole the whole day. So I don't think it was realistic. They wanted to do the hybrid where it was like half on, half off, where it will be every other week or once a week these students will show up and not. And then at the same time, teachers would have to be online and teaching. So there would be a camera on and I have to virtually be able to take care of the students online while I'm watching the students in the classroom. Which is ridiculous. I think universities are doing that right now. Yeah. But again, universities are more lenient. Here, if something goes wrong in the class, it's all on me. Yeah. It's much tougher in in middle school and elementary, and even in high school because the rules for college they don't they don't apply to us. And you're also dealing with kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's scarier. Like. I can't ask a student to share his or her screen because I don't know what they're going to put up there because if they put something inappropriate, it's going to be my fault for asking him to share yeah. his screen. Even though it could be helpful to him, like he's not understanding something or he can't get onto something. So, but did they tell you why they would push for coming in, into school anyway? Or they, why, why even bother trying? No. They, they just, I don't know. They just wanted us there. We all knew it wasn't going to work. But they just wanted us there. Again, teachers are always, like, pushed aside, and we have to, like, work with what we got. So to answer your question, I work in the presence because they always change. It always changes. Even when we are working online, they're, like, attendance changed within a, a month. They're, like, we're always going to take attendance this way. And then a month later, they're, like, no, we're not lo no longer doing it this way. You have to do it that way. And then, like, two weeks ago, they changed it again. And we're, like, halfway through the second marking period. So it's going to change. Even though we're online, things are changing. We're going to go to school, and you're telling me there's going to be pexiglass and all that. It's going to change. Could you even? We can even end up going home mid-year because the pexiglass is not working. 
we don't know. Have they talked about how they would be dealing with the vaccine with you guys? Like, I know teachers are getting higher priority than others. Yeah, I heard we're actually second. So I heard first is like first responders, first responders and, yeah. and like the elderly. And then it would be teachers and I guess students because I'm telling you, they want us back in school. Now, if you vaccinate, like if the teachers vaccinate, now there's no guarantee the kids are vaccinating. So, so if it's a, a concern, yeah. if it's a vaccination they need, they have a certain amount of days before entering the school, like uh, or before. Um, so they have a deadline to get the vaccine. If they don't have it, they they can't come. Oh, back so the to school. school is mandatory. Yeah. Uh, oh wow. So there are certain vaccines that. that, like, if you don't have them, you can't come to school. Wow. Okay. It's kind of like your typical immunization. Yeah. We have that. Even in college, too. like when you enter college, you're like you have to get these immunizations and give them, or else we you don't get your schedule or something. Like as now, a freshman, they scare you. It, it sounds like another issue because there are the anti-vaccinators um do you do you think do you know how the school board or or board of ed would react um i know there there's probably going to be people who are very very anti getting that vaccination or having their kids get vaccinated um and based on that you know they would not be able to show up to school how how would the school district be able to handle something like that look i wouldn't even be surprised if we have the vaccine and they still have students at home and telling us to do this hybrid thing mm-hmm. like we don't know we don't know all i know is that they're we're given something we have to do it sometimes the teacher's opinion does not matter we just have to do it because we're told to do it um they're like oh it's in your contract you have to do it you have to fulfill it or else you're gonna lose your like you have to you have to do what you gotta do now that some teachers quit like they just say i can't do this anymore like this is like this is not what i signed up for do you mean like staying virtually the whole no, time like or like literally like just stop teaching have you, like has that ever happened like in the school system so far or it's been pretty clean i know that they were very like not lenient but they did respect those who said like i can't come because of the covid like i know other districts who went back and there are teachers that stayed home and they just taught virtually the whole time yeah. because they have someone at home that has like a very like say say my husband god forbid had a really bad illness and that covid would have hurt him hmm. i would tell them like i can't go to work because if i catch it and i get it home to him he might not survive so that would be a reason why i would stay home some people themselves they'll be like i have asthma i can't go or they have, like, they're very elderly and it's not safe for them. So I know people that were supposed to, like, the schools were supposed to do hybrid. And there are teachers that are already set to stay home. But no, so no one, all those requests were met, but no one actually, like, le- like stopped teaching. Like, I no don't one think actually, so. like, just left. Okay. Not that I know of. There could be, but not that I know I of. I mean, that's a good sign. Uh, I'm not hoping for that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's good, though. Do you see a future in virtual learning? Now, I know we might have started this podcast uh, off with like a negative connotation towards virtual learning, but do you see maybe, I mean, because there is a lot less overhead. Uh, Board of Ed doesn't need to maintain or build schools. Maybe that funding can go into programs paying teachers a lot better. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, if if funds were allocated in a different way, do you see virtual learning in the future? Do you think that this was more efficient, inefficient, productive, unproductive? It definitely taught us something, and it also definitely taught us to be prepared for anything. So I guess we'll always have a plan B because if anything like this happens again in the future, 
and they say we have to go back to virtual, I don't think we're going to be as scared as we used to be. Because students are used to it, the teachers are used to it. It's become a norm now. I don't even know how it's going to feel going back into the classroom. Like Now so, that's going to be the, yeah, the weird, like, it's been a, it's So far at the end of this year, it's going to be a year and a half. We've been dealing with virtual online learning. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I think because we went through this year and say we are virtual next year, there's going to probably be a better system because, again, this is the first full year we're virtual. But based off of what I did last year, this is a lot better. Um, because, again, they went, they had people working all summer to make sure things were right. So I don't know. I guess we could go fully virtual, but only if there's something more sufficient that can help us see if students are actually growing or not. So you would, you would accept virtual learning, and I'm not. I'm not saying future as in the near future. I'm thinking 10, 20 years. I'm talking about future, future. Mm. So you see, you would accept the virtual learning if you were to see the results. If you were to see the standardized test, for instance, today, uh, that you took today, or today or yesterday, uh, both days. Okay, that have shown that students have actually uh, kept that information. They've retained the information that you've been teaching them and the whole teaching method has sufficed you'd accept virtual learning or will you always be the type of hey i, I like the classroom i like the the interaction with the students personally i like the interaction it's fun it's fun like sometimes even leaving the last 10 minutes of class to just get to know your students more and make jokes and and have all those like sometimes i'll have them have a roasting session where they come in like roast me like okay. and they like that stuff you yeah. get it and I, I do it with larry you all can't the <laughs> <laughs> we do it with my brother all the yeah. time um but we can't do that online i feel like we're gonna lose that connection because like again you don't sometimes you might say something as a joke but someone at home like parents or something they won't take it as a joke, even though the kid takes it as a joke, but the parent won't, and it causes a problem. Like, you have all these other issues that we're not even sure if, like, it's not going to be normal. That's what I'm trying to say. If we do the virtual, it's not going to be normal, it, like the classroom at all. How important is that connection? It's pretty important. Why? Because if I know my student, I know how to educate them better. So, like, so every student is different. The way you learn is not the same way Larry learns, all right? And it's definitely not the same way I learn. I'm more of a visual, kinesthetic learner. I don't like listening oh, for a very long time. I don't, I don't like that. I prefer visuals. I prefer working with my hands because it helps me learn better. So like for math, right now, I try to use different colors for different steps. So I have those visuals with me because, again, I can't do anything kinesthetic with my kids. So... For me to know my student, it's better. Some students are just, like, they're better with, like, sounds, and they can listen, and they can hear me instead of doing the work. I have a student that he doesn't show up to class, doesn't show up virtual. He sees the notes. He aces everything. I still have those students online. Same thing I would have in the classroom. They would sleep in class. They would pay attention for, like, 10 seconds, go to sleep, and then they ace the test. They don't do homework or anything. Or they do the homework in like five seconds. They don't show work. Why aren't you showing work? I don't know how to show work. It's all in my head. <laughs> all right? 
you still have those Sounds students. Sounds like cheating to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you still have those students. Yeah. And then when you tell them show the work and they show the work, you're like, how, how do you know that? You don't come to class. So I feel like it's better if you're in the class. I can help those who need it more. I can see who's really struggling because, again, there's cheating. Like, I don't know if they're if they're really struggling or not. They can just go ahead and on any math app and or Google and find the answer. When you're in school, all you can catch, I always tell them, oh, you want to take the test? Put your phone in the box. Hmm. No phone, no test. And they put the phone. I'm like, I'm not going to do anything. You see the box? It's a clear box. Nothing's hidden. It's going to be right on my desk. No one's allowed to touch it until everyone's done with the test. You hand in a test, you get your test, your, your phone back. And that's what I did, just to make sure there's nobody's cheating. And my tests were always control. on... Yeah, my, my paper, my I always give paper tests. I hate the electronic stuff because they can always find a way. These these kids are so smart, <laughs> all right? They'll find a way to, like, figure out the system that school will be like, this is blocked, this is modern FGE, and it's not working, and nope. They they find ways. I don't know how. They're geniuses. They'll find ways. Do So, I mean, with online, my assumption is the kids would have an easier time coming to your office hours because it's all online anyway. Mm -hmm. And it's probably easier to just hit, like, you know, ping you and be like, hey, I need help. Is that, like, has that been the case or no one's been really taking up on it? So, so this is what I don't like about our office hours. Our office hours are from, like, 2.45 to 3.05 when the students are dismissed at 1.12. Mm. Now, you tell me, if you're dismissed at 1.12, are you going to come back? Probably not. Exactly. So, like, I don't mind staying afterwards if they have questions, but they don't. I ask them all the time, like, do you have questions? No. So if I give you pop quiz now, you'll be fine? Uh, and I'm like, so, so you do have questions? No. no. questions come. <laughs> like, they, I don't know. They, they just, I feel like they're still students. They're the same way in the classroom. If I ask them if you have any questions, they're going to tell me no. But in, this, in the class, it's easier to read them. I can look at them and be like, they're still not getting it. So you're losing that human element. Yes. Yeah. And yes. so then... Then I'm curious, has it been affecting them that they can't hang out with each other, talk to each other, or like they're not amongst one another? Is it like, especially kids who just came into the school, right? Because there's a whole year, right, that just yeah. did this for the first time. And um, they didn't know anyone. They like they don't know anyone else. So with my homeroom, what I've noticed is when they're on a roll with that Google Meet chat and they're like talking with each other and they're laughing and they're fooling around i let them be for like two minutes because they don't have that anymore that norm their normality of like homeroom in the morning where they can joke around and maybe in the middle of class like say a few jokes here and there they don't have that anymore so when i see that rolling i let it be because that's the only time they can communicate with one another yeah but then i have to bring it into under control because they can't go on for the rest of the whole period doing that so like i try to do that and i feel like with my homeroom that's the that one, another class. I have a third class. I, they don't respond to me. All right. I make fun of myself all the time in that so that they can like laugh with me no. or say like, yes, I agree with you. I share stories. I make fun of my brother all the time with them. See, I even make fun of Abe with school. But It's my favorite subject. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, again, I feel like if I was in the classroom, it would be easier because I don't know if they're there or not. And I have students that are very 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 smart compared to they they need to be challenged and it's very difficult to do that because i can't like give them separate work when i'm on this it's it's harder online in the classroom i could be like you work on this you guys work on this yeah and i it doesn't even have to seem like it's different it, i just i'm just passing out a worksheet 
here you go. And then they all have worksheets. They don't know she got a different worksheet. She doesn't know they, they, that they all got a different worksheet than her. And that way I can challenge them. Eventually they'll figure it out. Like, why did I get a different worksheet? That's the worksheet I want you to try. Go ahead, see if you, figure, you can figure it out. It's challenging them. I have a student, her mom told me in um, back to school night, like, I'm like, I know that she is bored in class. And I'm like, I promise you, the next material coming up, I'm going to challenge you guys because in the beginning, again, it's a review from sixth grade. I can't do much. If Even if I'm trying to challenge you, you're going to get it because it's a review from sixth grade. Hmm. What, what are we supposed to do? I, I can't. It's different. I can usually like form small groups in a classroom, but you can't do that on Google Meet. You can't do like small breakout rooms. An adult has to be in each breakout room. I'm only one adult in that class. So you can only do so much. I feel like they need it. That's why going back to school is going to be great. It's going to suck working till 3 again instead yeah. of one twelve. But like... Do you feel like the, the, the fact that the kids are no longer in the classroom um, posing an issue with their communication skills? I mean, these kids are facing a, a screen the entire time. They're not speaking to an adult. They're not speaking to classmates. They're not uh, socializing. I'm going to be very honest with you. We've already had that issue. S social skills or yeah. communication? Both. Okay. The world has becoming digital like crazy. We see it with all types of kids in church, in in the classroom, everywhere. Like when I, when I told the students in the beginning last year to put their phone in the box for them to take their test, Oh my God. They catch a heart attack. Oh my God. I'm like, do you think I'm going to like phone check you? Like I'm going to go through your stuff? No, that's inappropriate. I'm not going to do that. It's going to go in the box. Nobody's going to touch it until the test is over. You're going to leave. You're going to take your phone. That's all it is. Why? Because some people cheat. So you're telling us you don't trust us? No, I don't trust you. And then they'll laugh. Really? See, you're just going to tell us that to our faces? I'm like, what do you want me to say? I just need you to put your phone. That doesn't mean I don't trust you. Maybe there's someone else I don't trust in here and it won't be fair if I take their phone and not yours. They're like, okay, okay, okay. And then they put it in the box. Finally, they'll put it in the box. Right. But and you then lose that. You can't even do that now. Like, there's none, there's none of that communication anymore. Nope. Mm. But again, like, you should see the way they email me. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but again, even when we weren't virtual two, three years ago, you should see how they would email me. Like, they don't, they forget to capitalize their own names. Like, their first and last name, they forget to capitalize that. They'll write it down, like, hand in a worksheet. Lowercase b, a s a n t, and like your last name is stuck with your first name. Like there's no spacing. They they don't they don't. It's all digital now. They're on their phones all the time. You tell them like you have to write an essay. Why not? Why can't I type it? Because I want you to write it. It's. They they don't know how to communicate with one another either. It's it's, it's lovely. Now COVID's done a lot. Yes. In terms of the teaching or, yes. or just learning in general. Yeah. Um, is there anything that is missing or in your arsenal of tools or or just anything that can make your life easier or, or something that can enhance this teaching experience for the kids? I wish we can go back on Zoom because why? because first off, why? Why can't you use Zoom? Now, I know this was issued by board but what where's the 
the I think there was some reason with like the privacy and like some people can just sneak into the meet and, zoom and bombing the zoom, yeah like, I've seen that on and TikTok, you don't know yeah. who it is and you have it was that issue like in the Google Meet I create um, a link using a specific nickname that only my students would know that no one else would. So, like, for example, it would, like, I would type in HTTP slash yada, yada, yada. And then at the end of that, I would put a nickname. So, like, if we were going to do a Google Meet for here, I would put, like, podcast or something like that that no one else would think of using. That way, when they click on the link, it's only the students that know the nickname that can get on there. Not random people. Yeah. Now, what's, why, why do you prefer Zoom then? Because the students, if I told them work in groups, they'd be able to communicate with one another. You can't do that in Meet. You can't have a, a private message. Oh, Google Hangouts. Is this Google Hangouts or Google no, Classroom? It's we don't use Google Classroom anymore. We use Schoology now. Okay. And so this is a one-way communication. It's you yeah. and the kid. Kids can't talk to each other. The kids can talk to each other, but they if I tell you like you and Larry are in a group work together, if you have a conversation, everyone else can see it. Okay. You so can't those have individual a private, yeah. okay, groupings are impossible. In Zoom they have breakout rooms. Yeah. Like you can actually like Split the kids up into their own. Like their I own can ones. have a chat. I can form a chat for each person. I can be on all the chats. Interesting. And have them like communicate with one another. But you can't do that here. And when you try to do it, we tried using like Jamboard. That's part of Google now too. Jamboard. It's very hard because by the time this one types something, the other one is responding back and then they read it and it's just lagging and it's slow. It's very difficult. It's, it's easier to just type everything very quickly because they're used to it for, with phones, texting. Type everything, click enter, and it keeps going back and forth. Is there anything else other than Zoom? I think if we were forcing students to turn on their camera, it would be beneficial too. Mm. I feel like it would feel more of a realistic classroom. Seeing their faces. I have one class where I know how my students, like I can, I'll know name to face because they always have their cameras on. While another class, I'm like, turn your cameras on. I only get like four cameras. I'm like, okay, I'm sending emails to, to your parents. But again, like I only, I don't know their faces. I only know a few people because they turn on their camera. And whenever they turn on their camera, I have to actually look at it to make sure that's the person. While the other classroom, they'll speak and I know who it is because I'll remember the face, I'll remember the voice. They constantly participate. So again, it depends on the classes and the students. Some students are just over it. They're like, why am I doing this? So this is a pretty good example of human and technology working together because virtual learning would be infinitely more difficult if it wasn't for this software or because there's the argument that we have too much tech in, in teaching. We've got too many standardized testing. We've got too many programs that are teaching the kids rather than the role of a teacher. And maybe you're not seeing this in your own, uh, yeah. your own district. I know my district. Uh, there were a, a, there was a lot of outsourcing of teaching, so kids would ha you know log into this third party source where they would learn everything, and the teacher was kind of just a, a mediator. Mm -hmm. uh, they would learn everything. They would take their quizzes on this third party uh, source. Do you see a, a good balance between the role of a teacher? You still doing your job. You still you know actually teaching, and still using software and technology. Or do you feel like there is this at kind of attack towards teachers where people want to outsource teaching uh, to tech, big tech or online parties or third-party sources? Do you feel 
anything like that? I feel like because of COVID, people are appreciating teachers a lot more. Because I'm not going to forget all the little comments and, and like the little tweets everybody was putting in stuff on Instagram were like, we should pay teachers more. because Like the second we went virtual last year, a lot of people were like, how do teachers do it? Like I can't stand my, my kids for like a <laughs> half an hour while you guys are dealing with 30 kids in the classroom. It didn't change much. We're not getting paid as much. We all that stuff. But it felt nice to be appreciated. But I feel like we're I don't I feel like we're always gonna be attacked. Whatever we do is is not gonna be good enough. Hmm. From from a teacher's point of view. For me, whatever I do is the best I can. My students know that I'm there for them. But I feel like from the outside, like the board of ed or I'm not going to say principals because sometimes principals do appreciate you, but sometimes it's just the higher-ups that don't see how it is in the classroom, and they're like, we have to do this. It's a new program. We paid for it. You have to do it. Well, did you read about it? Did you look into it? Did you? It's not a good program. Did you try it out? We tried it out for a whole year. It's not good. Can we go back? No, you have to use it because we paid for it. Well, we just told you it's not good. That's what we have to deal with. So I feel like regardless, it's we're always going to have that, oh, you're not good. You're doing. You're not doing your job. You're not doing this, that negative feedback. But to be honest, I can see why some teachers will get feedback. Because again, like, I have like my cousin, who who's in the same district, different school, same district, and I'm like, yeah, I do this in my class. What? We don't do that. How come we don't do that? I'm like, I don't know. I do that with my class. Speak to other students from other districts. My teachers just put on a video. We just do the worksheet. Or they'll record their their selves like early on about what we're learning. They'll put it up, and we don't even meet with them. They just post it with a with an assignment, and we have to do it. Well, I'm sitting there with like my Surface book, like taking off the screen, using my pen, and writing everything down and step by step with the colors. And I'm like, well, what do you guys think the next step is gonna be? And having them respond in the chat and all that. I'm trying to make it as normal as possible. But I don't can't know. can't replace that human element. That Larry was talking about earlier. You can't. No. But it's, uh, so do you, I mean, as negative aside now, what are you taking from the experience? What are you, what is your positive outlook now? So even though I'm like considered young compared to other teachers I work with, all right, I still didn't like technology. I've never liked technology. I've always, I'm math person, paper, pen, pencil. That's what I worked with. Now I know how to use resources. I'm better with the technology. I can, even when we're in a classroom, I know how to use specific things that will make my classroom time and their classroom time easier. So like instead of me printing out worksheets, I can have them do it online because they take their computers home regardless. They've always taken their computers home. So instead of me wasting paper and running downstairs to make copies and all that stuff, I was introduced to a program called Cami where I can upload it as a PDF and they can write on it just like a normal worksheet. Um, so like stuff like that that I can use within the classroom. It's just, it's better off. Like right now I can, I can have them like work on a virtual notebook. I didn't know that existed before where you can use Google Slides, make it look like a notebook, assign groups, have them share and use it as a virtual notebook because we can't do group work, actual group work like together in a classroom. So that's the best kind of group work they'll get. So like stuff like that is better because even when they're in school and they have to do group work, some people are still not allowed to like go over p each other's houses and all that stuff. Like before COVID, after COVID, whatever it is, 
they're just their parents didn't allow them to do that so like that stuff will be beneficial to students who need to work from home they can't go to someone else's house they don't have the home the phone privileges all that stuff that'll be easy because it's communication through a computer and again the kids are more digital now so the better you know technology the better you'll be able to work with them no matter you're saying you can't replace the human interactive part in education but but still you need that technology part you're going to lose the kids if you don't have it i totally agree there's this fine level of balance between both human and uh tech i i feel like there's the most efficient or most optimal relationship is between the two not replacing one another because both of them this perfect symbiosis there is, you can be the most efficient, the more produ- the most productive you can be. Um, I think this was a great uh, aspect of our COVID series, understanding how COVID impacted the classroom. Um, I want to thank Besant for being on the show, uh, seventh grade teacher, middle school mathematics teacher. Very very interesting. We learned a lot on our next episode, Larry. We've got a very interesting person, somebody from uh, infectious diseases. You want to tell them a little bit about it? Yeah, we'll be having Dr. Manel Youssef. Uh, she's an infectious specialist. Uh, you know, we had Dr. Mina Rafael last week, uh, director of pharmacy, and he gave us a more of an operational perspective. Uh, Dr. Manel will be more of the clinical perspective. So we'll uh, we'll get a different angle on COVID and, and that as respect and she has her own clinic and everything so it'll be interesting to hear what she has to say uh, it should be a fun one um but then we we see that you didn't get any the coffee this non-sponsored <laughs> this non-sponsored coffee you know we, we were drinking i actually tried making french press this time uh dr rafael last week got screwed we gave him some uh, folgers <laughs> well we we have to start off with the basics because yeah, folgers yeah. is pretty basic you made a pretty good cup of coffee man. thank you yeah i really uh, french press you made your own blend you blended like one bean with another bean i'm trying i'm, I'm trying i'm trying to do you know all all this for my guests even mina my guest you know. thank <laughs> you so much thanks for coming on my show mina <laughs> wow i did i just get fired or demoted <laughs> Um, so like Larry said on the series of COVID, we wanted to get a lot of, uh, aspects and, and, uh, insight on different fields, uh, the teaching and learning field. We had Dr. Mina, who was a ph- director of pharmacy at a New York hospital. We've got Dr. Manel, who is an infectious disease. We've got a pilot who's going to be on the show, who's going to speak about how COVID affected the airline industry. So I hope you guys stick around. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. We're on everything now. We're on everything. Just Little, <laughs> look more there. Oh, yeah. Right? For, for the real people who watch the trailer, Apple replied. Yeah, Apple replied. Oh, really? Now, now we're on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. yeah so uh, thank you so much, Vicente. And uh, we anytime. hope to see you soon. Thanks. Thank you. Anytime.